0: Good afternoon to everyone. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving last week. I certainly know that I did. We spent Thanksgiving with friends up in Denton, Texas, and really enjoyed ourselves, and, and there was a lot for us to give thanks for. Uh, we continue to live in, in a great country that's unfortunately being damaged severely by the President of the United States, among other people. But we have an opportunity now with a new Republican majority in the Senate and a larger majority in the House of Representatives to do something about what the President is doing. The question is, do we have leaders in the Republican Party, in the House and the Senate, that are willing to take the actions that are necessary to stop the President of the United States from throwing our country, uh, throwing our Constitution out the window and throwing our country? under the trash heap of history, uh, making us, other than a constitutional republic, turning us into his version, and the progressive version, of a socialist paradise, or a communist paradise, whatever you want to call it, a place without freedoms, with a, uh, uh, without a free economy, with government control over every, every aspect of our lives. That's what they're going for. And despite the fact that we now have Republicans controlling the House and Senate. We still have a president who's going to be sitting there in the White House for two years. Uh, and unless something is done to stop him, or slow him down at least, he will continue to uh, send out executive orders, sign executive orders, that are taking away our freedoms, that are destroying our economy, are taking away jobs, and are doing things like the, the amnesty uh, business, which is going to take away thousands of American jobs, thousands of jobs from American citizens, I should say, and give them the illegals. Now, the amnesty was a direct violation of the Constitution of the United States and direct violation of the President's oath of office. As I pointed out before on this show, but it needs to be reiterated, Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution gives the Congress the exclusive power over naturalization laws. And that implies, of course, that immigration laws are included in the naturalization clause in the Constitution. The United States Supreme Court has clearly stated on several occasions that that is the case, that Congress has con- exclusive control over immigration and the laws affecting immigration and naturalization. Nowhere in the Constitution is the president given, given any authority over that aspect of the law at all. Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution requires the president to take care to see that the laws passed by Congress are effectively enforced. So what did he do with this executive order? Well, number one, he ordered the Department of Homeland Security and the rest of the federal government to stop enforcing laws requiring deportation of people who break our laws and enter this country illegally. He stopped that. He cannot do that. Article 2, Section 3 does not say that the president can choose which laws to enforce and which not to. It does not say he can rewrite laws, and it does not say he can make new laws. With that executive order, Obama did all three. Now His oath of office is very similar to the oath I took as a member of the military to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It is a federal criminal offense to violate that oath. You can be put in jail for up to one year and fined up to $10,000 for each time you violate it. Well, based on the president's action, he does it violates it on a daily basis. Those are high crimes and misdemeanors as called for in the Constitution, the grounds to impeach a president or if he commits high crimes and misdemeanors. The president did that with the amnesty executive order. He's done that with previous executive orders. He's done that when he's bypassed Congress uh, and bypassed the power of Congress to declare war. He's done that when he has seized control of part of the auto industry. He did that with the health care law. He's done it with Benghazi, lying to the American people about Benghazi, lying to the American people and hiding facts and documents about Operation Fast and Furious, being involved in ordering the IRS to attack conservative groups and to try to make them ineffective during the election cycles. I can go on and on. And if you want to see the formal articles of impeachment I have drawn up, then go to my website at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com and you can read both the original articles of impeachment which i did back in february and the third article of impeachment uh, which i did just a couple of months ago these have been submitted to members of the house of representatives and prior to the election it was confirmed that the house several house members had sent those to the House Judiciary Committee. Now, the question is, what are they going to do with them? Well, they are now under consideration. Staff members are telling people who call the House Judiciary Committee that, yes, they do have the documents. So they are under consideration. Now, I've posted these on their website. I've posted them on, they've been posted on the USJF.net uh, website. That's the United States Justice Foundation. USJF.net website you can read them, and you can see how the president has violated his oath of office repeatedly how he's violated the oath of the constitution repeatedly and he has therefore committed high crimes and misdemeanors for which he can and should be impeached now i'm getting pushback from conservatives on this saying what good is going to do it only takes a majority of the house of representatives to pass the impeachment against the president, but it takes two-thirds of the Senate to convict him and remove him from office. And Republicans don't have two-thirds of the Senate, and it may not be that they can get enough Democrats to join with them, if Republicans even have guts enough to do it, to join with them to remove the president from office. This may be the case, but then again, look at it this way, and this is why I keep calling for impeachment, because I don't think it's going to get that much sympathy for the president, The left is going to scream that he's being impeached because he's black. They're going to scream that anything the Republicans do to try to stop his runaway uh, destruction of this country is going to be done because he's black. He basically says that the election was not a repudiation of his policies, and some of the pundits out there are saying it was just a repudiation of his race. Well, that is absolutely untrue, and most Thinking people understand that. But here's the deal with impeachment. If articles of impeachment are passed by the House of Representatives by majority vote, they can then appoint special prosecutors who will have extraordinary subpoena powers, can cut through executive privilege, and a lot of the red tape being used to hide information about all the high crimes and misdemeanors from the American people. I'm talking about they can take the depositions of people who were on the ground in Benghazi the night of the attack, the day of the attack. They can take their depositions. These people have been hidden by the Obama administration, from Congress, from the news media, from the American public. They can get that information. They can get information about the president's questionable past, why he uses a phony social security number, for example, from Connecticut, why he had phony documents made to show that he had at one time registered for the draft. A lot of things that we don't know about the president that he's been kept hidden can be discovered in an impeachment process. They can get information about Fast and Furious. They can get information about the IRS scandal. They can get information about Department of Justice, uh, surveillance of of, of reporters, telephone records, and this sort of thing. All of that can then then be presented as evidence in the trial in the Senate. Now, the trial would be an open trial. The public would be able to see what's going on and hear the evidence for themselves. Even if all that evidence can't convince two-thirds of the Senate to find the president guilty, and I think a lot of it would cause pressure to be put on some of the Democrats, particularly those there are 10 of them coming up for reelection in 2016, 10 Democratic senators. I think a lot of pressure could be put on them by their constituents, because if the evidence is as strong as we think it would be, they would be in danger of losing their seats if they did not vote to remove Obama from office. But say they don't, and say there aren't enough votes, what happens then? Well, even with this process going on, it will probably take most of the two years remaining in the president's term. If he is being impeached for violating his oath of office, for doing things like issuing illegal executive orders, then I would think he would be hard-pressed to continue doing that. That would just set things up to force more and more senators to look at this and to say he continues to do what he's already been impeached for by the House. In other words, we might be able to stop a lot of this or at least slow down what he's doing. If we don't do something like that, if the House and Senate do not act to do something to stop this from happening, the president is going to destroy this country in the next two years. That's his game plan. That's what he's got in the back of his mind. That's what he wants to do. And right now, there's nothing out there really to stop him. Yes, the Republicans have can control the purse strings. They can try to do something to defund am- amnesty but we already have some Republicans saying, oh, we're not going to do that. Boehner is not going to schedule an effective vote prior to the new Congress take, taking office in January. He's not going to put the president into a position of having to shut down the government to try to force Congress to give him the money to fund this embassy program. But you have Republicans out there who, frankly... Because of some of their business supporters that support what the president did, they don't really want to do this. They want to ignore the whole executive order, or they favor what the president has done. There are actually some Republicans out there that feel that way. But again, if we don't do this, I mean, the president of the United States has angered a great majority of the American electorate by doing this amnesty business. He has violated the Constitution. He has violated his oath of office. He's basically turning criminals loose on our streets because they're prioritizing those people that will be deported. They're only people convicted of things like murder or rape or something like that. Uh, Minor crimes such as drug possession and and child abuse, by the way, is considered one of the minor crimes. Then they won't be, they're not on the top of the list to be deported. They're just going to when they complete their sentences, they're going to be put back on the streets of America to commit more crimes. The president's action is making this country unsafe, it is leaving our borders wide open. For more people to come across, And believe me, it is is just beginning. We're going to see another surge uh, in the spring. We're already seeing a surge in the, along the Texas border, but we're going to see a much larger surge in the spring because the president is basically, by his amnesty order, inviting people to come in. He's telling them that come on across the border illegally, you're not going to get deported, you're going to get taken care of, you're going to get fed, you're going to get housing, free food, free housing, free education, free medical care, et cetera, et cetera. So people are going to continue to come across the border. And they're overwhelming the infrastructure in states like Texas and Arizona and Louisiana already and Oklahoma, and even Oklahoma and Louisiana are not directly on the border with Mexico, is going to continue happening. And the president is going to do nothing to stop it unless his hand is forced, and he's forced to stop it. The state of Texas is trying to stop it. Uh, the state of Texas has allocated uh, $86 more million more uh, for more state police to be on the border. And we'll talk more about the amnesty situation after this first break.
1: Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution.
2: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on America's WebRadio.com anytime you like.
1: Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad cross case, the Arizona immigration law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to
2: AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: One of the things that amazes me about the president's um, immigration speech or amnesty speech was the fact that he lied in the speech and told the American people things that were he knew were lies, and yet he's not really been called out on it. For example, he said that this is going to be a limited stopping of deportation and that people are going to be, if they stay here, they're going to be issued work permits, and they can get jobs, but they'll have to pay taxes. He also specifically said they are not going to be eligible for Obamacare. They are not going to be eligible for other government benefits. Yet, shortly thereafter, the head of HHS put on the website, the government website, a statement encouraging the new the illegals who had been granted this limited amnesty, so-called limited amnesty, encouraging them to sign up for Obamacare. So the president lied. He had to know that they were going to encourage illegals to sign up for Obamacare. They'd been recruiting people in Mexico to sign up for Obamacare. There had been radio ads run by the United States government and billboards put on the side Mexican side of the border encouraging people who live in Mexico but who work in the United States or ever come in the United States to come on over and sign up for Obamacare. And then they can go back to Mexico, and then they can come over here to get free medical treatment under Obamacare because they'll get the subsidies. So it was an out-and-out lie for him to... Say that they can't get Obamacare. Not when the federal government is actively recruiting them for Obamacare. Then, of course, he says that they were not going to be entitled to things like tax credits that are given to other Americans. And in fact, they are going to get the tax credits. They are going to get Social Security. Right now, there is a bill bill in the House of Representatives that is actually a compromise between the Senate and the House, a bipartisan compromise, to extend some tax cuts that have been allowed to lapse. And these tax cuts would be for the middle class, for individuals, but also for businesses, particularly small businesses, that would increase the incentive for them to hire more people, to expand their businesses, and give more Americans jobs. Well, what's happened there is the president has said To the Congress, if you pass that without letting the illegals get the tax credits and the tax cuts, I will veto it. In other words, he wants all the illegals in this country, particularly those 5.6 million or however many it was he basically granted amnesty to, he wants them to get tax credits and tax cuts even if they're not paying taxes. Now, of course, tax cuts are meaningless if you're not paying taxes, but if you're not paying taxes, you shouldn't be getting credits that give you money back from the federal government because that money is not coming from what you paid into the system. That money is coming from what you and I, the American citizens, pay into the system. Also, in Congress, the Democrats are making a move to say that illegals will now be eligible when they reach retirement age to get Social Security. Now, that's something else the president said "What's going to happen. But the move is being made to make sure that they get Social Security benefits, regardless of whether or not they have ever paid a dollar in the Social Security Administration, regardless of whether they have ever paid taxes. Once they get paid 66, they can apply for and get Social Security under this new proposal. Again, who's going to be paying for that Social Security? You and I the working American taxpayer who pay our taxes and then get a very limited amount of that back in Social Security. They're also going to be eligible for Medicare. Even if they've never paid a penny into that system, they're going to be eligible for other tax credits, you know, for like child care and this sort of thing. Again, even if they're, you know, just limited... uh, Paying into the system, they will get money back, they will get tax returns, uh, tax refunds back. All of this is available to them under the terms of the amnesty granted to them by the President of the United States. While all this is happening, the Congress is also in this budget deal, and this is Republicans and Democrats together, have decided to cut the benefits of our military. These are the people that step forward and sign that blank check that I've talked about before saying that they will give their all to defend their country and to defend our Constitution and to defend the American people. All includes up to including their lives. Pay and benefits for our military have been cut repeatedly. Their equipment is being cut repeatedly the congress is now and the republicans and the half representatives going along with this the benefits the cuts and benefits are not going to be as deep as they were going to be under the original plan but they're still there members of the military and their families are going to have to pay more for TRICARE for prescription medications they're going to have to pay more for groceries because a lot of the commissaries are being shut down or the prices are going to go up. So there's not going to be the benefit to them that they used to have by buying their food and other products, the household products they needed on the base. They've already had their recreational facilities cut to the bone. Most bases don't even have swimming pools for the kids anymore, or a lot of recreation facilities are gone. And the pay raise, which was supposed to be 1.8% this year for the military, is being cut to 1%. So all in all, the military is getting hammered while the movement is on to give more and more to the illegals. And not only are the illegals being offered more to do nothing, but they're also being encouraged to enlist in the military, Now, remember, our military is being cut. We have thousands of officers in the military, captains and majors and lieutenant colonels, and now a lot of non-coms, non-commissioned officers, are getting cut. They're getting pink slips. They're being told, you're getting thrown out of the military, not because you're not a good officer. In fact, the better officer you are, the more likely it is that you're going to be tossed. And the more you believe in the Constitution and the oath of office you took, to protect and defend that Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, the more likely you are to be tossed. They're telling these people it doesn't matter if you've got 18 and a half or 19 years in and you're only one, one and a half years away from uh, being vested in retirement benefits at 20 years, you're going to go. Now, it would seem that if they're cutting the size of the military, they wouldn't be actively recruiting people to take the, the place of the people they're cutting. But they are actively rec- recruiting. And guess who they're actively recruiting among? Guess which segment of the population? Illegals. Obama has now had the Pentagon declare that illegals can join the U.S. military. They can enlist. They can get all the benefits of being in the military. But these people are not going to be loyal to the United States first. They're going to be loyal to the to Obama and to the Democrats who are allowing them to get in there. This is a travesty. This is a direct attack on the U.S. military. And the reason is, is that Obama is following the path of Adolf Hitler and other dictators. And you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to repeat it again. Adolf Hitler, when he was elected chancellor of Germany, wanted to consolidate his power as a dictator. So the first thing he did was have the government, the German government, completely take control of health care. We already had a, essentially a socialized health care system, but he solidified that so the government controlled every aspect of health care. The feeling being that if you control people's access to health care, you should control the people. The second thing that he did as Chancellor, was he started disarming the German people, beginning with the veterans. The veterans of World War One, and these are the veterans being disarmed, had taken the same type of oath of office to their country and their constitution that American soldiers take here in this country. He successfully disarmed the German people, and we're going to go more into that later on in the show. The third thing he did was begin to purge the military of officers, starting with the high-ranking officers and then going down lower levels uh, to the lower ranks, including enlisted ranks, and getting rid of the people in the military who were loyal to the country, who were loyal to the German Constitution, but were not necessarily just loyal personally to Adolf Hitler. That's exactly what Obama's doing right now. He's following the same path and when it comes to getting rid of people in the military, we've had hundreds of admirals and generals purged from the military. Many of them purged for no reason whatsoever. Others purged for what I consider to be spurious uh, charges leveled against them, and charges that were never proven. But he's moving to get rid of these people. And now he's moving to get rid of the lower ranks and to open it up so that people will join the military as I say, there's no loyalty to this country. There's not even going to be a requirement that they speak English. Now, how's that going to work in a combat situation? You're out there, and you've got a pl- your platoon leader, and you speak English, and you've got three members of your platoon or three members of your squad that speak other languages. You can't even communicate with them. In a combat situation, you have to be able to instantly communicate with the other members of your unit. And you have to be able to do this either by hand signals or verbally. Preferably verbally. If they're not going to understand you, they're going to get people killed. But again, that's of no consequence to Obama. What he wants is a military that he can control and... And I'm just going to come out and say, it. you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this is not a theory anymore. He's going to come out and use that military against the American people. If the American people continue their backlash against him. My concern is that they're, we're facing imminent terrorist attacks. Right now, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the uh, airlines are considering stopping anybody flying from the United States to Europe during the Christmas holidays or prior to Christmas from having carry-on luggage. Why? Because there's a credible threat that ISIS is, in fact, going to launch an attack on an airline flying from the United States to Europe during the Christmas holidays. ISIS has also come out and announced and bragged that they have a dirty bomb. They have a scientist, a British citizen, who claimed he was going to help them make the dirty bomb. Now they say they have the dirty bomb. We do do know that they had stolen or captured 88 pounds of weapons-grade nuclear material when they took Mosul, Iraq. We'll talk more about this when we get back
1: from our second break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. and our constitution. Did you miss
2: a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
1: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and when necessary Support USJF as they support you.
2: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: Think for a minute about the implications of ISIS. ISIS does have a dirty bomb. Now, for those of you who don't understand what a dirty bomb is, it is is not truly a nuclear weapon. It does not cause a nuclear explosion. What it is, it's conventional explosives. Uh, such as c4 which is basically a clay like thing that you can put other stuff attach other stuff to it or mold it around other stuff and what it would done is what they do is they take radioactive material and they attach it to the c4 and then they detonate it now what happens is is first of all you have a massive explosion which will kill a lot of people within the area and then you will also have, radioactive material spread out, possibly for miles. Anything that is contaminated by a dirty bomb, this is buildings, this is ground, uh, this is farmland, will basically be unusable. The buildings cannot be cleansed. They would have to be bulldozed, but nothing could be built in their place because the ground would be contaminated. If a dirty bomb is set off inside an American city, Portions of that city would be uninhabitable in the future for many, many years to come. Now, ISIS claims they've got a dirty bomb. They've got the capability to make more than one. Where are they going to use it? But I don't think they're going to use it on the airplanes. I think that's a separate threat. I think they're just hoping on the airplanes that they're going to be able to set off some kind of bomb or possibly hijack a plane and bring it down in the Atlantic Ocean. No, the dirty bombs would be used to target military bases or to target cities, principally soft targets in the cities. New York City, of course, is one of their prime targets, as is Los Angeles. But those aren't the only targets. Those aren't the only major cities that are vulnerable. Look at Texas. We have this wide open border. Intelligence sources have confirmed that ISIS members and cells are operating in Juarez, Mexico, right across the Rio Grande River from El Paso, Texas, a major Texas city. Fort Bliss, our second largest military base in the continental United States, is right outside of El Paso. Fort Bliss, the alert level there, has been raised for several reasons. One, they know that ISIS has crossed the border, that there are cells operating within this country, probably at least one in El Paso. They know there's a threat of dirty bombs. Now it's a much more credible threat, assuming ISIS is, is telling the truth. and They have really not indicated that they're going to lie about this sort of thing, because when they announce something, that usually happens. But think about this, think about the implications of not just the dirty bomb, but the so-called lone wolf attacks, the terrorist attacks on American citizens, both here and abroad. Of course, the dirty bombs <coughs> excuse me, can be used in foreign cities, in Great Britain, in cities where there are American military installations, the dirty bombs can be set off. But you have the lone wolf threats. American soldiers based inside this country are being told not to wear their uniforms out in public because ISIS has sent out notice that they want lone wolf attackers, radical jihadists in this country, or people that have converted to radical, become radical jihadists, they want them to use the Internet and the social media to track down the addresses of American military families and to kill the soldiers and their family members. Or in some cases, just kill the family members if the soldiers are deployed. The military is taking this very seriously. Not only have they told our soldiers and sailors and airmen not to wear their uniforms out in public, but they've also told the soldiers and their families to limit their activities on social media. In other words, if you get a Facebook page, you better not use it very often. You certainly don't want your address listed on the Facebook page. You don't want landmarks posted in pictures on your Facebook page that will show approximately where you live. Don't put your address on social media. Be careful what you say on social media. If you're planning to go out somewhere on the weekend... It's a good idea not to say where you're going or who you're going with. So our soldiers, our military personnel, are being told to hide who they are and for they and their families to basically go into hiding inside our own country. And again, unfortunately, when ISIS makes threats like this, they usually follow through. There was an incident in Dubai just in the last 24 hours where an American school teacher, a woman 37 years old, as I recall, was murdered inside the ladies' room in a Dubai mall. The murderer, this whole thing was caught on tape. The murderer was dressed in a burqa, completely covered from head to foot, don't know if it was a man or a woman, They were wearing gloves, so there'd be no fingerprints, and they brutally stabbed this woman. And the security tape showed that before she went into the ladies' room, she said something to a security guard. Then she was followed into that room by this woman. There was some kind of altercation, and she was killed. Here's what makes this even more devastating. ISIS just a few days ago had posted on its website an encouragement for people to kill American school teachers working abroad. They want their ISIS supporters to murder individual American school teachers. They encourage somebody to do this, and the next thing we know, we have an American school teacher with two, two twin children who's been murdered. Now how the State Department react to this? The Obama administration? Well the State Department refuses to call this an act of terrorism. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Followed an act of terrorism, but then major Fadal Hassan's active actions of Fort Hood. When he killed 13 American soldiers while yelling, Allah Akbar, God is great, Allah is great. While yelling that, he kills 13 American soldiers and wounds 32 more, and the president still refuses to refer to that as an act of terrorism. Still refuses to classify it as an act of terrorism, despite the fact that the 32 wounded members of the military. Many of them are still suffering. Many of them are out of the military, cannot find work because of their injuries. There are additional monetary benefits they could be receiving if they were awarded the Purple Heart, which they are entitled to if this was an act of terrorism, or because it indicates that they were wounded by an enemy combatant. Obama has refused to allow this to be called an act of terrorism or be classified that way. So a bunch of American heroes out there are not getting the benefits or support they need from their own government. And remember the woman who was killed in Oklahoma, beheaded by a recent convert to Islam, who had been converted while he was in prison, goes to work for this company, gets fired because he's trying to radicalize uh, uh, the people that he works with, telling you know, talking about women should have to wear burqas and should not be allowed to even work in the workplace. And he's fired. The next thing you know, he beheads a woman and was in the process of trying to kill somebody else when, fortunately, the owner of the company, who believes in the Second Amendment and was carrying a weapon, came and shot and killed the guy. That has not been labeled an act of terrorism by the Obama administration. They refused to label it as an act of terrorism. Then we had the call for jihadist lone wolves. Uh, ISIS calls on them to start killing members of the police and American military and to do it, you know, as a lone wolf attack. And we have an attack on four police officers, four rookie police officers in New York City, by a recent convert to Islam carrying an axe, and he attacks them, and they end up shooting him dead. But the commissioner of police in New York came out and immediately called it a terrorist attack. The Obama administration has never acknowledged that it was a terrorist attack. So if we are not going to acknowledge that the terrorists are even out there, how are we effectively going to defend ourselves from it? Well, we're not. Obama doesn't intend for us to defend ourselves. He doesn't care. Obama does not consider himself the president of the United States. He considers himself emperor of the world. And he obviously owes more allegiance to Muslim terrorists than he does to his own country. And I know that's a radical statement. But think about this. In order for us to be effectively destroying ISIS, which continues to advance in Syria and Iraq, in order for us to be effective with an Arab campaign against them, we would need to be launching about 800 strikes a day. That's 800 sorties against the enemy. Instead, the average is about 24. And many of these strikes continue to be cosmetic in nature. Obama didn't want to hurt these guys. They're professing they've killed Americans. They beheaded them and put the videos on YouTube. Of course, when they did it, the first American, Obama, came, came out and said, well, gee, that's terrible, uh it hadn't happened but don't bother me now I gotta go play golf and he headed for the golf course but we, he didn't want to hurt these people so a lot of our bombing strikes have been on empty pickup trucks parked at night on buildings that are empty at night these are cosmetic the strikes are not happening as often as they need to be happening and they are not being effective. And the reason for that is not the military doesn't know what they're doing, but Obama has taken personal control of the airstrikes. The military cannot launch an airstrike against an Islamic target without Obama's prior approval. Now, this is a man who's ever been in the military, who has no knowledge of military tactics or strategy, who doesn't even like the military... Has shown his disdain for our military, yet he's in charge of our war against radical Islam, particularly ISIS and al-Qaeda. We have ISIS and al-Qaeda recruiting right here in this country. We have their cells already in this country. We are looking at a major terrorist attack or a number of minor attacks sometime in the near future. Unfortunately, I'm afraid it's going to happen around or before Christmas. Let's take our final
1: break here. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right find out more at www.usjf.net support usjf as they support you
0: with all the back and forth in today's politics it seems as though the constitution gets lost in the mix if you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on America's Webradio.com.
1: Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad cross case, the Arizona immigration law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today.
2: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: As I said before the break, I'm very concerned that we're looking at a series of attacks, minor attacks or major attack on this country, sometime in the next month or so. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but all the little pointers are there. And basically we're not prepared to defend ourselves against these attacks. We don't even acknowledge the existence of the enemy. We're not doing anything to take the fight to the enemy effectively. The President of the United States, again, is violating his oath of office to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And something has to be done to stop him. Another front that I haven't talked about in several months uh, extensively is the veterans situation. Our veterans continue to be hammered by the Obama administration by the VA. They continually get letters telling them that they're going to be declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs. Uh, They're going to be declared incompetent because they have minor PTSD issues or they might have been depressed at some time uh, over the loss of a buddy in combat or they allow their spouses to pay the family bills or in some cases, and I've got the letters that say this, some cases they're being declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs because Everything is automated by their bank. All of their bills are paid automatically. Now, this is not incompetence. This is certainly not a mental illness. But they're being told in the same letter that once they're declared incompetent, they can no longer own, possess, transport, or or purchase firearms or ammunition. If they do so, they violate the Brady Bill and they're guilty of a felony. When I first broke this story a couple of years ago, there were 159,000 veterans on the NICS list, which is the list of people um, maintained by the FBI that cannot legally purchase firearms in this country. Now we estimate that there are over 200,000 veterans on that list. 99.9% of them do not belong on the list. To be on the NICS list, number one, you have to be either a convicted felon, or a known drug abuser, illegal drug abuser, or adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Well, adjudicated in the law has always meant that you have to have a hearing before a judge, before an administrative judge at least, and the burden of proof is on the person or the government agency that's trying to prove you are mentally incompetent to the point of being in danger to yourself or others. Eric Holder, and with the agreement of Obama, decided shortly after Obama was elected, and Eric Holder took over as Attorney General, that adjudication from now on, particularly when it came to veterans, would mean that anybody who worked for the federal government in any capacity, even as an independent contractor, could, of their own volition, declare a veteran to be incompetent to handle their own financial affairs and get them put on the next list. Now, there's no due process here. Veterans are given 60 days. They receive, in some cases, receive a letter from the VA. If it comes from a contractor in the Department of Defense, uh, they're given five days to respond. And uh, But they're given 60 days to respond and prove their competency. In other words, the, the burden of proof is on them. The assumption is being made by the VA, and often the letter doesn't even tell them why they're being declared incompetent. They talk about vague things like because of your physical or mental disabilities. Physical disabilities, apparently that means if you lost an arm or a leg, you can be declared incompetent to handle your own financial affairs and declared mentally ill being appointed, uh, to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. and going to be put on the next list. So it's vague as to what's going on, and the VA basically says, no, you have to prove to us. You've got 60 days to prove to us that you're competent. You do that at your own expense. You go to a, psychi- a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but we're probably not going to accept your evidence anyway. It appears that 95% of the time they don't accept the evidence. And in the rare cases where a veteran appeals, when they can't appeal until after they've been declared incompetent, a veteran wins the appeal and the incompetency ruling is reversed, the FBI tells them, well, that's tough. We're still keeping you on the next list. We don't care that the incompetency ruling has been reversed. So the burden of proof is being put on the veteran that's in violation of the due process clause of the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution, and then they're losing their Second Amendment rights without being adjudicated to being mentally ill. PTSD is not even as a mental illness, and anybody can get it if you lose your job, or you can get it if you lose a family member suddenly. PTSD is treatable, but veterans are being given medication to treat them for PTSD, which I have been told by some experts are the medications that probably are causing the increase in suicide for veterans. So we have this standard out there where veterans are being denied their Second and Fifth Amendment rights. Now, we have done, we're representing a number of veterans here. We want to eventually file a major lawsuit, but we're having trouble raising the money to do that because we're not charging any veterans anything uh, or their families anything. We're going to do this on our own. We're going to raise the money independently. And we've got a lot of other stuff going on, but this is a priority. So if you're willing to donate to help us, Go to usjf.net, and you can find out how to donate to help us fight this battle, to help us fight for the veterans. But in the meantime, we're not dormant. We have one, filed one lawsuit against the VA that we won, and basically what they refused to answer a Freedom of Information Act request. We filed a suit to force them to do it, and they had to do it. Now we have four more Freedom of Information Act requests out, One to the Department of Defense, one to the FBI, one to the Department of Homeland Security, and one to the VA. And you can go to my website at michaelconnolly.jigsy.com, and you can see the article I wrote on my blog about the the information that we've requested. There are actual copies of the bodies of our Freedom of Information Act requests because something really stirred them up with these requests. But... They're refusing to answer that, so we're preparing to file a lawsuit there. But in the meantime, while we continue to try to raise the money for a major lawsuit, we're getting very aggressive in defending individual veterans and very aggressive at attacking the VA. And one of the things we're doing, we're not just doing it on the legal front, by filing legal memorandums and oppositions on behalf of veterans to the the attempt to declare them incompetent. And if you're a veteran out there and this is happening to you, contact me at Michael at USJF Mail. That's Michael at USJF, or United States Justice Foundation, usjfmail.net. And we will assist you. We will assist you for free and work with you to try to stop the incompet- incompetency from being declared or to get it reversed if it has been declared. We're getting very aggressive on this. We're also going to be contacting members of the United States Senate because twice the Senate has moved, has moved to try to stop this. And the most recent was right after I broke the story a couple of years ago. Senator Richard burr of North Carolina introduced a bill called the Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act, which was designed to try to stop this. And, of course, Obama opposed it, and the Democrats in the Senate opposed it, and it was defeated in a vote in the Senate floor. We want that bill to be refiled right after the new Congress gets into office. And we're going to need your help out there to put pressure not only on Republican senators who we think will all, they've all voted for in the past, but on Democratic senators, try to put pressure on some of them to vote to pass this and then see if Obama vetoes it. Because I think that we can even get enough votes to override a veto. So that's where we stand on the veterans' cases. We're working hard. Uh, I did some work last, just late. I was up to 1 o'clock this morning working on a case for an individual veteran. We've got all that paperwork filed. So we're, we're working hard on this. Uh, in the meantime, we're trying to get to, I want to remind everybody that this Sunday, ironically, is December 7th, 73rd anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Many kids out there don't even know about Pearl Harbor. They don't know anything about World War II. They don't know anything about the heroism of the American soldiers during World War II. The Common Core stuff is being taught to them. World War II is, is barely mentioned, and what it is mentioned, it's in the context of the poor Japanese Americans who were interned and about uh, how there was racism in this country, etc., etc. Nothing is mentioned in the Common Core guidelines on World War II about the heroism of the American soldiers. They don't even talk about the battles. They talk about social implications, Our kids don't know about our Constitution. They don't know about our history. If you want them to know about the Constitution, a good stocking stuffer for Christmas is my booklet, Our Constitution, where I take each article in each section, each amendment of the Constitution, and I put them in the way they were originally written, and then I put in my comments about what they really mean. And it also includes the preamble to the Bill of Rights, which most people don't even know exists. You can go to www.constitution.jigzy.com and you can order copies of the booklets are there there. They're $6 a piece and potential discounts for multiple copies, and you can put them in stockings. Or you can just hand them out to friends and relatives for Christmas. Also, my, my book, The Mortarman, about my dad's unit during World War II, that is a, a book that has become a bestseller on Amazon. Among other places, it's available as an e-book, through Barnes & Noble and Amazon. It's also available through my website at michaelconnolly.jigsy.com if you want an autographed copy. And same thing with my novel, I'm the alias story of America, Make Great Christmas Gifts. That's available through my website, but also as an e-book and paperback through all of the major book outlets. Then you've got my book, Writers in the Sky, The Ghosts and Legends of Philmont Scout Ranch, which is also available through me. And you can get order that through my website, and uh, I will sign a copy to your scout or to uh, someone who's been to Philmont Scout Ranch. It's a book of ghost stories that you know, the kids love. And then I've got America's Liveliest Ghost, my most recent book. That's also available through my website or through Amazon, Barnes & Noble. So thank you for having me uh, on today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Everybody have a good weekend and remember our soldiers and sailors who lost their lives on December 7th, this Sunday.
2: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com,
1: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.